0: Hi there and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode and we try to answer the five things of journalism. Who, what, when, where, and why as it pertains to our poly lives.
1: You're listening to episode 49, where we talk with Aaron. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives.
0: So, Erin, who are you? Hello, world.
1: I'm Erin Berner,
2: and uh, I'm 32 years old. I identify as female, bisexual, pansexual. I'm a mother of two. I live right now in Vienna and
1: Europe. I speak English and German. That's a little bit about me. Very cool. What drew you to polyamory basically
2: I think I would want to say it's self-awareness because I I finally came to the realization that I do not want a monogamous relationship that that's not what's going to make me feel fulfilled and happy and I have to say it was a near-death experience that forced me into this kind of Oh shit. Uh maybe I should make sure I'm doing things that I really want to be doing so that I feel fulfilled and happy so that if I do pass that it was not, you know, that I was doing something that was fulfilling and that was that was something I really wanted to do with my life. So I think that, that that's ultimately is a is a it was a self-awareness uh realization but it was like, "Oh, I didn't want the things that I had thought that I wanted." And mm-hmm. uh yeah, I think that's what what kind of led me to it, it was actually a near death experience. It sounds bad, but that's kind of what it is, yeah.
1: But it makes mm-hmm. sense. It makes you really evaluate what's important to you. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So what does polyamory mean to you?
2: Polyamory and this is going to be also I would this is what I really want to get into at the second half of the of the podcast. But it's it's for me the lifestyle of, of polyamory or ECM. Ethical and consensual, consensual non-monogamy is um, it's like a direct reflection for me of a spiritual pathway. So, when I truly love somebody else, for me, my version of true love is not to own someone and to say you're mine, because this is just doesn't have love in it for me. Like I, I'm missing the actual love there. Um, that's what it is to me. Is like, for me. On my journey of life, you know, I think like my first entry to like real, my real true interpretation of spirituality was when I was like a younger uh, teenage person and taking psychedelics for the first time. And, and my message kind of like what I first kind of woke up to my own spiritual path was the point of this life is, is to love and and to learn how to love to the best of your ability, to experience love, to receive it, to give it. But that's the point. There's no more to it than that. So that's what it is for me, is like a more accurate pathway to walk towards making that a a realization, making that a reality.
1: Is there anything, or what, if anything, do you find difficult about polyamory? This will answer
2: kind of both of... Two of your guys' questions only because the thing i find I find really kind of upsetting i don't know frustrating i don't know the right word to use like like' cause I can accept that this is how it is right now in the society, but it's disappointing for me maybe that it's not more accepted and that people haven't come to realize that that life is very multi dimensional and that there are a lot of different ways to relate to people, and it just seems so silly and prehistoric for me that we're in 2020 and like it's still like what like how could you even you know it just feels so um yeah stone age of us to not like realize that there's more to it and just the fact that a lot of like ECNM relationships I feel like people denigrate them or they try to like make them down because they say that this is just it can't be real love or they kind of they remove the validity of it because they don't understand it and people when they don't understand things they react everybody knows you know what kind of reaction comes out
1: i had a really disappointing experience uh, related to that earlier this week i'm in a facebook group that has moved mm-hmm. from having been a old school bulletin board um Uh, from when I was trying to get pregnant and my eldest is 14 years old now. So Mm -hmm. I've known this group of it's mostly lesbians um, who um, all were trying to get pregnant sort of over the same several years starting Mm -hmm. about 15, 16 years ago.
0: So Mm -hmm. I've known
1: these people for a long time, right? And um, somebody was talking about uh, how people are starting to do like these sort of bubble pairs in um social isolation so there's like another family that you're socially isolating with okay and um she was talking to one of her neighbors and they're like oh well we've done this with this other family and we're also in a polyamorous relationship with the other adults and the woman from this group of mine was like Mm -hmm. i was like no no that's too much information like Jesus Christ, she's not telling you what she likes to do in bed. She's telling you right. about a relationship. This mm. is exactly the thing yeah, that's that perfect. all of us that's have spent the last fifteen years dealing with from straight people and the whole same-sex marriage fight. Like, yeah, fuck you. Like equating homosexuality so to really oversharing,
0: true. and right. it's like, like, it's... like, oh, you're putting your relationship in my face, and it's like, but... you no, know I'm telling you, I have an important person in my life. Yeah it's it's
2: weird it's a social acceptability thing because it's just and people are programmed like robots they don't even they don't even really know like what spaces they're acting out of you know this is like
1: well and I posted the comment why is it too much information for you to hear that they're in a relationship Mm -hmm. and it was Dead silence. Like not a single person out of the hundred people in the group. It's like, she didn't well. answer like, like nothing happened. And I know there's at least half a dozen of us who have created a little spin-off poly group from the core group. You know, it it just was so hurtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And probably kind of even I just feel like there's a lot of unconsciousness there behind it. I'm not in excusing them in any way, shape or form, but I'm just trying to say like, it's this, it's like when homosexuality was also still very much taboo. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, it still is in so many ways, but these changes, they take time. Like I think that'll yep. take a, at least a few hundred years before things really look better for humanity. Well,
1: marriage equality changed mm-hmm. radically over the span of 15 years to being almost ordinary. So maybe maybe we have some cause for it to be for for optimism. I love
2: your optimism. I love your optimism. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. Really. Yeah. It says
1: the woman with the pseudonym on the podcast.
0: So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, there's being out and then there's being safe. And you gotta always have, yeah. That's the risk and reward of all of this, right?
2: Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't think that that's that's a weird or negative thing at all. This is protecting yourself in our society. I mean, look, you no, know, how how this is, it's it's a form of clever, yeah. Because it's not like you're you're still be able to share the message. You're bringing the message. Mm-hmm. This is actually relatively irrelevant. Ooh who you are in that sense it's the message right this is who you're what you're trying to communicate right so
1: and i am relatively out in regular life but Mm -hmm. what i don't want to do is be googleable out you know what Mm i mean
0: yeah sure totally understandable anyway Mm -hmm. so uh when did you know you were poly i had uh suspicions (laughs) many times
2: but uh I did not really fully have this realization until very recently. I think it's been not even a year. It's around eight to nine months, about the time it takes to conceive a human. <laughs> um, <laughs> not even a year. Uh, when I've, but that's really where, I mean, I have definitely approached the topic in the past, but I was still, I want to say that my maturity level just wasn't quite uh, ripe enough. Like, I, I still had a lot of issues with um, unhealthy attachment and uh, possession. And, like, you know, this, this type of typical kind of sickness is what accompany um, normal relationships in these days. Um, I, I very recently have discovered that it's my spiritual understanding of life and that this is you know, whether, whatever name we give it, that it's, that it's a reflection of that, the way that I want to experience relating and loving other people. So very recently, I'm a fresh, freshly popped out poly person. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome. Thanks.
1: Thank you. When, if ever, did you feel different from other people?
2: I would definitely say I've always felt weird, but I know that everybody is somehow weird. But I think that a lot of people are, uh, have, or maybe I should put it, have polypotential, or they have really ECNM potential, but they deny that they do. So, and I think the majority of human beings, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just, that's it's how I feel, and yeah, I I don't know. This is when did I know I was different? I always knew I was weird. That <laughs> that's, and I still am very weird, and I'm proud of my weirdness. So, yeah, I don't know. Recently, though, I've discovered, as far as relationships are concerned, yeah, I'm I'm I have a different stance, I suppose, than the status quo right now.
0: So, where would you say you are in your poly journey?
2: Huh. Um, at the beginning, I guess, um, yeah, it's,
1: it's the beginning. Where do you hope to go?
2: Um, I have zero plans in that sense, which is also totally okay with me. I have no real goal. There are some, like, I have certain boundaries from where I am right now, personally, in my life journey. Where it's like, I'm not looking for anything serious right now. I'm trying to focus on myself and on the relationship with myself. And that this is kind of what I want to focus on first before I, mm-hmm. you know, start maybe even with the whole fantasy of what type of, um, you know. But I would like to would like to let that very organically evolve. I don't really have any specific uh, plans in that sense.
0: All right. So we kind of cover this a little bit, but I like, uh, as a, as one of the last questions to ask, why do you think you are poly?
2: Why this is definitely ties into the spiritual aspect of it. I believe for me personally, my concept of love is a polyamorous concept. I believe that I have the capacity and the potential to wholeheartedly love more than one person at once and it just seems silly to think that I couldn't like why would I not be able to love more than you know it just seems so natural and and healthy um why because that's for me that's that's what love means um is not trying to restrict or limit the person who I love out of the sake of my own insecurities or out of the sake of whatever my emotions are, um, really letting somebody else be free and, and appreciating that relationship as long as it, it is real. Um, if it's, if it's organically going in other directions, then that's all, that's also okay. You know, this is, I think that it's like, it's also this realization of like, okay, well, I'm not going to blame anybody else now for my life. Like I'm going to take responsibility for me and I'm going to like all of it my shit is my shit, my joy is my joy, like, I'm not going to say, like, you make me happy necessarily, because, like, I'm happy when I'm with you, and, like, it's a different kind of self-responsibility of being, like, this is my life, and I'm not going to blame anybody else for, like, my emotions and how I feel. Yeah. So. So why did you agree to be interviewed? I want to spread the good poly word. Um, I've been, I've been saying that over and over again in my head. I think it's like the half black side of me that's like, yeah, yeah." something inside (laughs) is like, I just feel like it's like a, it's like, uh, why did I agree to be, I am definitely probably kind of like a, maybe I'm making this too much of a big deal, but I really believe like if the nuclear family would kind of open up to the possibility and to the realization maybe that there's more out there as far as relating is concerned i look around at the planet right now and i look around at family units i see a lot of domestic violence i see a lot of shit and i really believe that ecnm and polyamory could bring a huge shift to the planet that's really what i believe is that domestic violence would shrink intensely when you have people around keeping others accountable and that this is not just this this unit of exclusivity that nobody really knows what's going on. Like, I really believe like the world needs it. We need to find deeper ways to love each other and to accept each other. And like, even if it's just understanding another person's lifestyle, you know? So I'm definitely here to put that out there in hopes that it will help other people who are maybe thinking about this, but they don't maybe have a narrative to put that to, or that there's just not enough uh, influence for them to to draw from or or example. So I just want to kind of put myself out there because I really believe in the cause, because I think that there's there's good things that can happen for the
1: entire planet. Nice. Yeah.
0: All right, and we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Polyamory Uncensored is excited to announce a brand new product. We have designed a planner and journal specifically geared for polyamorous individuals. If you're a fan of the podcast, you know that I love recommending journaling to our guests and audience members. After about the 50th time or so I caught myself suggesting it, I thought to myself, there should be a journal specifically designed for us polyamorous folks one that includes a planner because of course we'd be planning and one that prompts us to go deep into our poly lives. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the just plain complicated (laughs) truths. And I wanted to put together a space where you could go if you needed to vent out all of those really hard poly drama feelings. So I designed the polyamory uncensored planner and journal. This little book includes a full year planner for the year 2021, as well as self discovery pages, guided journal with polyamory-themed prompts and resource guide pages so that you can keep track of the books and podcasts and websites that you find helpful in your poly journey. Get yours today for yourself or the thoughtful polyamorist in your life at tinyurl.com poly2021. That's tinyurl.com poly2021. In doing so, you support me and this podcast. Thank you so much. I love you. Bye. All right, so we are back, and we're going to talk to Aaron today about uh, spirituality. Uh, And and I was wondering if, so we haven't really talked about this yet, but you have your own podcast on uh, the Anchor Network called Philosophy, Self-Love, and Polyamory. And I imagine spirituality is probably something you talk about on that podcast, but could you also... uh, I don't know. Let our listeners know what you what that podcast is all about, too.
2: Sure, I am one of these people who really likes to sit down and have these deep conversations with other people who are also interested in such such talk um, about everything from the origin of humanity to where we're going in the future. Um, basically. I, it's, it's, spirituality is something what's kind of the, the thread, what's, what's weaving it all together. Um, and it's essentially just picking out different topics that I feel are relevant for the time now and just going into them and trying to figure out, I believe that if, if we're going to go into things like polyamory and we're going to go into like especially if you've been raised in the culture and lifestyle to be monogamous and this is just your your program and your your default, I think it's super important that we touch on self-love practice because it's an absolute requirement to be able to allow, to let someone else go and to, like, stop clinging and trying to hold on to people. Um, Spirituality is... Well, is for me, it's not necessarily, it's, it's, again, it's like philosophy in this sense, because, I mean, some things work for some people, some things don't work for other people. So it's just, it's just an open floor, kind of, it's a discussion. It's like, a space in which I try to keep it safe for people to express um, theories that they might have, or, you know, philosophies on different topics and subjects. Um, And then just kind of going into the detail about um, polyamorous relationships and ECNM and like kind of how how spirituality, self-love practice, how that all ties in together, you know, and, and the philosophy of all of it, basically.
0: Whoa, that sounds really interesting. Thanks. So what does spirituality mean to you? Spirituality means, for me,
2: the connection what you have with yourself and with the universe. Your ability to put that into words, maybe. Because it's there and everybody has it. Everybody feels it. Um, And just kind of, spirituality is for me just the sharing of that connection. You know, because we're all connected to the earth. We're all one, in essence and we're all part of this and we're all a family and spirituality is just language. It's the language about that connection. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say that, and this is not just to, to, um, throw shade on monogamy at all. Um, I think that monogamy has a chance in the future, maybe (laughs) if, uh, If people are ready to be poly and ready to be ECNM, I think that they can consciously make that decision then. Like, and there are different seasons in life. Like there are different times where you need different things. So I can definitely see so far, I'm 32 and so far, life has surprised the shit out of me a few times. So I'm sure that that'll happen again. And, you know, there's no prescribed way and there's there's no right way you know for anyone because it's constantly changing it's constantly in flux so it's like i'm i'm a person who thinks like it's a religious thing just to talk and to communicate like that this is a religious act basically um yeah uh yeah that's what i think spirituality is it's like It's the connection between human beings and the universe and the ability to express that with words.
0: Yeah. I agree that like monogamy as a conscious uh, like practice is, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Like I don't think that, Mm -hmm. especially if you're, if you're talking about not toxic monogamy, right? The, Mm -hmm. the, the Mm -hmm. ownership aspect of, of monogamy and the possessiveness and jealousy though, if you're if you're not including those really negative right. aspects, then monogamy as a as a conscious decision uh, is is 100% valid and could be right. really, really awesome, right? I mean, there have even been moments in my life where I've been going through a ton of stress, or when I was pregnant, where mm-hmm. I took a conscious break from sure. dating and exactly. and, and, and reaching out to mm-hmm. new folks because, mm-hmm. like, there was a time in my life in which I had three deaths in my family, and I was like. Mm-hmm this is not the time to be dating and going out on, you know, like meeting new people. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and again, I, I took a pretty conscious break when I was pregnant because I just did not think that that was a good, uh, to mm-hmm. do, right. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't want it that did in part. my life as an extra stress. Yeah. And, and, and that didn't, feel which, which like is not to say that, that
2: that might not be funky for someone else not to not just to right. just to put it out there so that absolutely that pregnant
1: yeah. our same friend actually who we were talking you know, about before i think did actively date while she was yeah. pregnant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, for I, me I, it felt I,
0: weird but i definitely know other people who have dated while pregnant and i'm like cool you go <laughs> I do it yeah. especially in the process of getting pregnant right i mean it's just logistics. yeah right? yeah yeah i kept having these like these you know um Maury talk show host kind of like imaginings in my head where (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to ever have to question who the father of my child is. Honestly, not that it would matter. Like my husband has made it very clear that if I were to ever get pregnant, no matter who the child is, like the paternity is, he is the father, right? Yeah. Or he is, you know, he is my husband forever. And so, so we've, he's definitely made that clear. And that's, that's reassuring. Uh, and then also like we, we have, we make conscious efforts not to to let that happen. But yeah, while I was trying to get pregnant, I was like, uh, yeah, I don't feel comfortable ever having to question that. I know it wouldn't be a problem. Just don't ever want to be in the position. (laughs)
1: Sure.
0: Sure. And that is for every woman. I think, I mean,
2: I hope it's not just me. It is a kind of a slight paranoia, depending on what you use for birth control. Mm -hmm. It's, it can be a stress because it's just, like, that shit's sneaky. Some tiny-ass <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> so, yeah, totally understandable.
0: Totally. I was actually thinking about, like, I don't identify as as spiritual, but last night it came to me that, like, so I have a copper IUD, and it's very hard to get pregnant on a copper IUD, or, or have a viable pregnancy anyways. And I was like, but if I got pregnant, I I would keep that baby because that baby, uh, like, went through, or that fetus, the sperm, all the egg, everything went t- to so much trouble to exist. And, then, you know, <laughs> like, termination
1: of, of that cell. You
2: think so? How do you know? How do you know that it went through trouble? How do you know that it
0: wasn't just like, There I, <laughs> I know. am, motherfucker. Know, how do you, how do you yeah. even know? I feel like right? to to go through that journey is like the start of a sci-fi novel, where I'm like, I, you know, I just have to see where that goes. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a valid choice for you, right? Like that's what it's all about, right? Like everybody gets to feel how they feel and draw their own conclusions,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just want to give space though for all the people who need to make another decision. Oh, because sure. it's, sure. it's like you know it's it's a very very intense thing to bring another human life onto this planet and you know,
1: um, well up. i was wondering or, if maybe you would talk about um if you have a sort of spiritual practice and how that might connect to polyamory
2: yeah i i wouldn't even because lindsay said a few minutes ago that that she doesn't identify as spiritual and it's like i don't know if i do either i just feel like it's a part of um, it's a part of my life I don't know if I identify that way only because I was raised very strictly religiously um, and so kind of I I look at religions I look at spiritual practices and then I take things what are beneficial for me personally and for me as an individual and then I just I'm very steadfast on not uh, adopting one in this sense to say like and just because it's it doesn't apply ever to me personally, like every religion or, or, or practice what I study, it's applicable in certain ways, uh, in certain times, but it's not always. And, and not most religions, actually, if not all of them, I have some criticism as well in parts where I just, I'm not on board. So um, I live... My spiritual practice is spontaneity, not to be confused with impulsivity. Uh, My spiritual practice is like, it's a form of, basically I I meditate. I don't do this as often as I would like to do this, but um, I have times where I do it more than others. Um, I like to practice magic Um, not to have influence on anybody else's choice or actions. Um, I just feel like a witch, so I practice magic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like paganism as well, Um, like worshipping the moon and like worshipping nature and like its spontaneity, meaning like, and that's, that's kind of my interpretation of how I practice magic in that sense. And I would definitely tie magic into my uh, concept of spirituality. But as far as spiritual practices are concerned, I, why I use that word spontaneity is because I do not have any calendar or logged in practice um, necessarily. It's more of observing myself and the process of self-awareness and tending to my needs at any given point in time, um, and just an overall kind of in the way that a scientist would, like, observing my spirit and, like, every day kind of, like, getting more, trying to find a deeper knowledge of what that is, like, what, what is my spirit, what is my soul, where do I reside, where am I existing right now, like, Am I just in my body? Where am I? Like this is, it's a self-awareness practice, I guess, where I'm, it's constant exploration and I'm constantly trying to find out how to be at peace, you know, Um, through any, through any life situation. Sometimes life is easy, sometimes life is hard. And uh, it's like my umbilical cord to the earth or something. It's like my connection, my grounding point. Um, it's how I would describe my spiritual practice, I guess, in a bunch of a slew of words. <laughs> yeah. No, that's how uh, tie into polyamory. I think that for me, spirituality is, it's, it's a dirt or polyamory. Sorry, is a direct mirror of spirituality because and the practice of polyamory, like, you are accountable. You're you're forced to be accountable for all your actions, your words, for how you conduct yourself. This is it's extremely important. It'll become very obvious very quickly if you're not paying mind to that. As well as, I think, for me, spirituality is just the act of learning to love, right? Learning to love yourself and learning to love others. And polyamory is, for me, a more accurate version of that there's the philosophy or the belief in monogamy that if i'm jealous of you i love you more or something that this is me expressing my love for you by being angry and a hurt um about you spending time or energy or whatever sharing something with somebody else and i just feel that spirituality and polyamory go hand in hand, because spirituality for me is the practice of learning to love, learning to love yourself, learning to love others, and polyamory is like, that's where it's at, or ECNM, not putting boundaries and confines around someone who I care about, really like loving that person in their freedom, and like, respecting that choice of whatever it is what they're going to make, even if that means leaving me behind. True love is like, it's not ownership. It's not, it's not your mind. And like, it's not a deal that you're making. It's not, it's not any of those things. So this is why I feel like they are very much um, related somehow, or that they're very much, they go hand in hand.
0: Would you say you have any um, like self-love practices or rituals when it comes to like spirituality? Ooh, my self-love practices are kind of weird.
2: They don't have anything to do with spirituality. Um, I have uh, a lot of different things, like, I mean, very simplistic things. My self-love stuff is, is very simple. Um, it's doing anything for myself that is, it's completely about pleasure. And it's completely about you know, bringing myself to a peaceful, relaxing space. So in whichever way I can can do that, and I have a few ways. (laughs) So yeah, this is what for me like self-love or uh, self-care is. Um, Self-love practices? Yes, there are ways to go into, there are meditations and things like that, um, what we can use. I recommend for people to write out their own meditations. Um, and then literally, like, practice them, because no one knows you as good as you, you know? Nobody knows what you need to hear and what you need to, like, you know this. Like, you know yourself well if you listen to yourself, then you do. You can, you'll hear yourself. Self-love practices, yeah, it's going to sound silly, but, like, it's a lot of, it's a lot like self-care. For me, if I have a really strong emotional experience or have emotions what I need to let out Um, I will intentionally watch a series or a film that is like a major tearjerker and I'll just sit there and have a good cry and I'll really like enjoy that because it's like I'm getting my emotions out and I'm not doing it on anybody else and I'm able to like kind of even enjoy the experience without being too stuck in my own story that I get kind of like down from it afterwards, which which can happen sometimes to me if I'm too much. Um, it, it provides a positive distraction in a, in, a, in a good way that you can kind of let those emotions out, allow yourself to feel the feelings what need to be felt without being destructive towards yourself or others, so and without this like downward spiral. Um, so that's one way I like to let out grief and like damage and things like that. Um, another thing I do is like bathing and taking a really long bath. A lot of times salts, uh, I feel like they pull stuff out of me. Like I, uh, I use a lot of um, sea salt in the bath. Um, yeah, uh, essential oils, um, incense, being, being loving towards yourself in the way you would a lover in the way you would somebody who you want to spend that type of time with. Uh, writing practices like this to, to kind of take stuff what's inside and put it outside. Um, depending on your proclivity, if you're a creative person, then expressing creatively is something big for me that is very healing. and, and So like self-love and self-love practices are anything what what heals you like from your core. Um, it could just be laughing and watching a comedy series. Like it's self, it's self care in my in my view. Um, because you know we all have busy lives. We all have a lot going on, and it's, it's easy to not give yourself the attention what you might need and what you might be craving from yourself. Um, I find as well if you're really invested in you, it it's a lot easier to have compersion and to feel really like a lot of joy for somebody else having joy with somebody else. There's nothing weird about it when you're totally happy and content with yourself.
0: I agree. I feel like the, the people who, who often say that they can't feel compersion are the ones who are also often complaining about how insecure or, or complaining that they have insecurities or complaining that they um, are, are, are wrapped up in all of these like hard emotional feelings which are super valid and those are going to happen no matter what you like you're, the c- type of person you are they're probably going to happen but i feel like the the more you love yourself right. the less insecure you're going to feel about relationships and, and and i agree Love, yeah yeah i agree totally i also uh like a good recommend uh, recommendation for a cry movie the new lady gaga star is born Three hours of Writing
2: self. it down now. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just, so this good. is such a it's good so one. Good. No, I'm glad I'm not the only one that gets off on this. I do. You, wait,
0: sorry. One more time. What's the <laughs> title? Uh the a Star is Born. Gotcha. Thank you. Um and it's it's got Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Oh my god, I I was ruined for an afternoon, but it was so cute. Nice. Yeah. It's like it's it purging, hard.
2: right? It's like purging, you get that shit out and it's like kind of enjoyable cuz like you're watching like good-looking people on the screen and stuff. I don't know, it's like yeah. there's a visual stimulation at the same time. Yeah. Um I don't know. I find that really useful cuz sometimes uh those letting out those emotions can be for me kind of a dangerous experience. Um because I have a tendency to be trapped in that space. Like you said like it can go on longer than you want it to, right? And this is kind of a way for me to be like, have like a deep sob where I'm almost like embarrassingly crying, and then go eat some popcorn and be like, everything's good again. Like I don't know,
0: it's just it's easier for me to turn the page after. I'm not sure why that is entirely, but it's helpful. It is. So it might be a little bit off topic, but I think that this is super interesting. Um, you, you mentioned during our break that you'd you've pretty much never stayed in one place for more than four years and that you travel a lot. Um, how does poly work with, or, or even dating, relationships work with traveling? Well,
2: well this is... The, the poly lifestyle is technically new for me. So sure. I have not necessarily applied that to my globe trotting. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think... Actually, well, that's also not true. Before I met my husband, there was definitely folly going on. I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of just the, uh, what's, how's that supposed to, it's, it's the automatic. That's kind of just what happens. You're, you're from different countries. It's not, it's not like you're going home together afterwards. Right. I mean, so it applies very well <laughs> because
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, you're, you're from Switzerland, I'm from America and there are no plans now to, uh, you know, change countries or something, but, and, and like, when you're on the road, it's very rare that you establish the official we're boyfriend-girlfriend now or girlfriend-girlfriend. It's very rare that you establish this. Um, so, um, I, just, like, as friendships work in that sense, like, yeah, you get to know a lot of people from around the world. It's fascinating, Um Cultures have a huge impact on your ability to relate romantically as well. Um, Certain cultures, the Asian culture, many African cultures, it's difficult for a Western woman to have intimacy sometimes with these people only because culturally we are very different and we have things that are just um, polar opposites as far as values are concerned. So, you know, you just learn things like this along the way that mm-hmm. um some people, you know, some some people will be able to understand the depth of intimacy what you want and the others, it might be more challenging to them because of where they're coming from. So you have to kind of get that beforehand um on some level that you, you know, don't cause anybody uh pain and yourself as well just because it's, it's, you know, and so it's very interesting just because, you know, and this is a big reason why I love traveling is just, I, I love to see the differences uh, where we come from and how that influences our personalities and like just our value systems and stuff like that. It's fascinating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there anything else you wanted to add to uh, the spirituality and polyamory chat?
2: A couple of things, um, kind of a disclaimer. For all the people listening who might still be a little icy on this topic, um, I feel like when when I start talking about opening up relationships, so I talk talking about ECNM and polyamory, people become they feel defensive and threatened, um, as if you're trying to change the validity of their lives and and their cornerstone um I feel like there's a lot of assumptions about poly and ECNM that uh it has a lot to pretty much only to do with sex and that people are just looking the fuck and not that there's anything wrong with that but Mm -hmm. there's there was a lot. For me, it's why, why I wanted to do spirituality and polyamory is because it is not only about having sex. It's about learning to love human beings in the way that they deserve to be loved, the same way you deserve to be loved. Um, so, again, it's, it's, it's important for me to say just because I think that humanity should learn to accept other relationship styles... It doesn't mean that I'm trying to completely discard uh, people who feel monogamous and feel that this is their orientation, feel like this is what they're called to do and be. It's not throwing any shade on the, on these people and more power to you. It's about authenticity. For me, there's a mystery, right? Nobody knows how the fuck they got here. Just That's just a fucking fact. Nobody gets what's going on right now. Not really. So... For me, real true, like, religion is being authentic because you are a fucking mystery. You are the mystery. You reflect this unknown, what we all live and exist in. And so the point for me is to be the most true and accurate version of yourself, because that is honoring wherever the fuck we came from. It's honoring that, saying you know what? Okay. You made this. (laughs) This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. It's, it's for me, that's true religion. And so whatever that is, if you're monogamous, please be wholeheartedly monogamous. Just be your authentic self and stop to try to prevent others from doing the same. You know, authenticity is for me the real true Religion. And again, there are different seasons in life, and sometimes you are going to need this, and sometimes you're going to need that. But I look at the divorce rate. I look at domestic violence. I have a huge theory that a lot more people on this planet are bisexual, or of course gay, and, and, and are polyamorous. And people are hiding. <laughs> I know it. Because like, this just isn't the way that they think they're supposed to be. So I just feel that it might be silly, but I really do feel that if if this was more, in a, let's say in a few hundred years, this was the norm, and people, most people were polyamorous in ECNM. I think domestic violence would sink like crazy. Abuse would sink like crazy, because right now people are acting up and acting out because they're living in an unhealthy unauthentic inauthentic way um and the in the moment you allow people to really be authentic true versions of themselves and to kind of embrace the more tribal aspect of humanity and to start you know being intimate in groups in a sense that people are going to be held more accountable. You know, there's generations of abuse would have taken place. It's going to take a while for us to heal. But once everything's out in the open, I think that it could literally be a huge healing power what could what could impact the entire globe and the planet as well. You know, if we learn to love each other and we learn to love each other in a more healthy way we're going to treat everything else, ourselves, and the planet we live on, we're, it's going to be an automatic consciousness shift. Um, and I just feel, I'm, this is my personal opinion, that it's going to take this. This is what it takes for us to be more authentic and true versions of ourselves and to be more friendly to the planet, what we live on. Um, this is kind of my prediction. I think it's going to, it's like my Nostradamus thing. It's going to take about 300 years. Not not my children's children, but their children, are going to live in a world with a lot less domestic violence, a lot less abuse. Divorce is going to be a thing of the past. People are going to mold together in a tribal sense the way that I think we were intended to. Yeah, and just I, I, I even wrote down a couple of resources for people to kind of just do some more research on it because looking at the, I keep wanting to speak in German, looking at the origin of where monogamy comes from is also super important to do. Finding out if that's your true version of love or not, and then what, what is it then if it's not? And and it doesn't have to have a name, you know, you can, you can go organically into this concept of love and figure out what for yourself is your individual preference. So it doesn't even have to be labeled or it doesn't have to have a name but oh man yeah I have I have a lot of different kind of this is it's again this is what I love to talk about is just like kind of to theorize about where this comes from like the way that we think it is right to be normally monogamous and like like what what psychological roots it has and like beyond just paternity and wealth and keeping that in one bubble as well as the effects like what it has had on the mind of the human being monogamous so um, those are things that are just extremely fascinating to me what I'm gonna keep focusing on and going into on my podcast, and try to try to bring people to talk about them with me um, I'm sure you guys already know the ethical slut and sex at dawn is a fantastic one what I'm really lazy and need to get through um, the first part of it with the monkeys was really difficult to read, so that's why I didn't continue but there's a lot of different um resources out there yeah i think i've i think I've pretty much said my piece about this but i yeah i uh, I don't know thank you guys for having me on the podcast i really i really i love your guys' podcast. I'm an avid fan and will continue to be. So, thank you. I really appreciate this. Well, thank you
1: this. for joining us and thank you for your kind words.
0: Yeah. You're, awesome. you're our, our farthest away um, podcast guest, I think.
1: Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, I I mean, and and how awesome is that, that we get to actually interview somebody from uh, who's in Austria at the moment? Like, that's so cool. I, I, I open it up, you know, just like you were listening to our call for guests. Like if you're in a different country and and maybe your country does polyamory differently, I want to know about it. That sounds so cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely. I would listen to that episode. (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thank you again for spending so much time with us. It's been a really fun conversation.
2: Thank you guys for the work, what you do. Keep up the good work.
1: Thank Thank you. you.
0: And that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank podcast husband Rob for being our sound engineer. And thank you, Lindsay, for
1: editing this podcast so that we sound smart.
0: You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Polyamory Uncensored contact us at polyamoryuncensored
1: at gmail.com if you have a listener question or a comment.
0: And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time contribution,
1: we've set up a PayPal link to make it super easy. Thank you for your support in any amount at
0: paypal.me slash polyamoryuncensored. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember...
1: We love Love you. you. Bye. Bye.